Welcome to Public Safety Talk Radio, the podcast for all of our heroes in public safety, including law enforcement professionals, firefighters, EMTs, corrections officers, healthcare workers, and more. The show is produced by the POCUA and is founded upon its soundness initiative. This episode is sponsored by the Finest Service Organization, a provider of line of duty death loan protection through many of our POCUA institutions. And now for part two of work-life balance for first responders. So, you know, let's let's go back a couple of steps. You know, how did you, I mean, you could, you're, you're a talented individual. You got a PhD a couple weeks ago, you know, so, you know, yeah, 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 LBS aside, you know, I, I've agreed with everything that you've said and we're on the same page and I like where you're going. Your, your talents could have been used in any sector and certainly apply to, you know, people that work in an executive office, people that are working in a high school and so forth, work-life balance, but you've chosen to focus on first responders and those professionals. How did you get involved specifically in helping first responders with work-life balance? Uh, um, I fell into it. That's what it was. <laughs> Oh, we I, got uh, honesty. We got honesty yeah, on the show. I, uh, <laughs> I wrote a book called Lead with Balance in mm-hmm. 2016. And it was a uh, what I what work life balance meant to me um, as an executive. I've been president of various companies and ran started startups, ran small businesses for others and in a career. And and I lived a life, what I called was balance. Cause I, I actually focused on faith, family, career, and health. And then later I went and studied it in my PhD, you know, but I wrote this book beforehand and, and in, uh, 2016, a great guy named Matt Vinci, he was the director of education for the international association of firefighters and out of, he was in Washington, DC. And he read my book. And then he contacted me on LinkedIn and he said, you know what? Um, We're thinking about getting some workshops for our annual training that we do one in Anaheim or at at Disney there and one in Orlando. They switch back and forth each year for their it's it's for their union um, officials. Mm -hmm. Huge, huge conference and all this. And uh, so he interviewed me. He goes, hey, how would you set up a workshops? And I shared with them my strategies and all that of how I do a workshop. So they hired me. So I go to Anaheim, Disney for the first time, never presented before in front of firefighters. Mm -hmm. And I walked into this room and to my surprise, there were like 200, there were 200 firefighters in the room. So it was was basically full capacity. Well, that would be great if you all of a sudden have a heart attack. You you got plenty oh, of people that could help you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I thought I thought I might with I have two hundred people staring at me. It was interesting. And uh, so I put on this three hour workshop, and uh, it it went very well to say the least. It went very well. And then those depart some people there are like, hey, could you come out to my department and mm-hmm. do some training? So then it started. I, that started building one thing led to another it bled over into law enforcement and then it over to other high stressful occupations such mm-hmm. as attorneys um it, it spilled over into that healthcare workers and so forth but uh i'm also an army national guard veteran and my son's an army veteran 82nd airborne guy and now he's a firefighter awesome. so 
just working with that first responders. I mean, it, it, it's truly my makeup as well, you know, mm -hmm. looking, you know, so it, it's just been a great fit for that. And plus I got to see how well uh, both firefighters and law enforcement, um, they want training. They accept the training. Yeah. They're great to have in a classroom because they actually follow instructions and don't wander off and do different weird stuff, <laughs> you know, like some professional organizations, yeah. you know, stuff like that. So they're great. And the other thing is that they need so much, they need help. They, yeah. they, they really, really need help. And so it, it, it's quite an honor for me to be um, out there helping them and, and I'll give you the last, the icing on the cake of this mm -hmm. is that where I grew up, um, I grew up in a very poor, poor area in apartment complexes, went K through 12 schools, you know, spent my whole age five to 17 in these apartments and, you know, had friends that were killed, uh, children murdered, all kinds of, all kinds of terrible stuff. Yeah. And in the summertime, I'd see firefighters and law enforcement down in the apartments, you know four or five times a day, you know, coming down. Yeah. And I'll never forget always looking up to them thinking, wow, those are, those are the people I want to be like, you know, and stuff like that. And it's such of a privilege that decades later and through many iterations of my career, who am I standing in front of working with? It's those same people. So it's quite rewarding for me. It truly is. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's awesome, uh, and it's a it's a great story. Um, yeah, as you're speaking, you, as question kind of came to my head is you you work with these different professions in the first responder industry. I'll say probably not the best way to put it is is stress the same or different, and do we do we do we attack it? Do we uh, try to alleviate it in different ways? And just, you know, for example, when we, we kind of hit on this a little bit earlier in this episode, um, is that the job of a firefighter and a police officer are both tough, but very different. And, you know, I've explained to, to some people, I've never been a firefighter or a police officer, but I've had the privilege to, to work with enough of them where I, I know the differences in the job is it seems like the, the police officer, even when he's off duty or he or she's off duty, I know these folks where they make sure if they go to a restaurant, they sit near the wall, they know, they see, <laughs> they, they see the front door, they know where the exits are, you know, they, they, they want to be able to be aware of everything. And that's got to be, you know, a, a really heightened sense 24 seven, whereas a, a firefighter, you know, don't get me wrong when, you know, you've got, you know, 15 people in a burning building, you know, you gotta, you gotta move, you gotta save these people. That's a high stress situation. You know, maybe even a higher stress situation than just this above surface level anxiety that a police officer has. But at the same time, I know from talking to my firefighter friends, if there's no life endangerment in a building and the building's just on fire, it becomes a very easy type of operation. It's like, all right, you know, there's no life in danger. Let's protect our lives. Let's surround it. Let's do this. It's a very process oriented type of job. So from that point, you know, it's, it stress is obviously different for the different first responder professions. Is, is there a catch all, this is what we do with stress or because it's different type of stress, we need to approach it in the solution in a different way? 
no, you're bringing up some great questions on that. And I, I'm not every once actually, in a while I do that. That's why I got a podcast. Go you know, yeah. There's a needle in a haystack all the time. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? A blind squirrel could find a nut. Never mind. There go you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but there are some great there. There's a great guy named Dr. Uh, Richard Rich Gasway. He he teaches in, within a lot of the firefighter community situational stress. And I mean, truly a master at it. And his PhD, uh, he's former fire chief, but uh, his PhD is in that and uh, comes up with some great, great information. But talking about the different situational stressors, because, you know, now it's just like as a, you know, law enforcement, if they're going into a house that they know is confrontational or anything mm -hmm. like that, or making a confrontational arrest. I mean, obviously the, you know, the, the all the, all the chemicals, the hormones, everything's kicking in. Same thing entering into a burning building, you know, so it's, it's, it's sometimes it's either, it's not, you know, it's going from zero to a hundred mm -hmm. rapidly and very tough on the body, very tough on the body. Now, you know, they do have differences such as, I mean, one thing that a lot of times we don't think about, but we're learning more and more about is that the heat, the heat exhaustion mm -hmm. um, and just the, the, the actual the body temperature going up and what that does over a long haul when it comes to firefighters, you know, uh, law enforcement don't necessarily have that type of piece or uh, cancer, cancer amongst firefighters mm -hmm. is because the things that are burning in the last couple decades, you know, yeah. many decades at this point, it's just not the natural wood and fibers, you know, it's all the plastics and chemicals. So they, they, there's so much more, um, not that immediate danger, but it's like, it's part of the job now to do, you know, to w wash off properly, you know, and decontaminate and do all of that. Again, law enforcement, they don't have that mm -hmm. yet. Uh, most firefighters are not uh, getting returned fire from a weapon. Right. And I say most because they are starting to get injured. Yeah, unfortunately. And having a SWAT team, SWAT firefighter crew, you know, that actually are wearing bulletproof vests on scenes. Yeah, that's new lately. So, you know, they're, they're starting to be a little crossover there. But, uh, you know, the, the stresses are different, but the way it's handled, you know, if you think about in most professions, the way a lot of the stress is handled um, in a negative manner sometimes is that, you know, do we cope with alcohol? Do we cope with drugs? Do we cope? You know, yes. It is, you know, so there's a lot, there's a lot still yet to learn yet. There's so much good stuff out there. The more and more we start practicing and sharing what's working well, again, trying to focus on some of those practical things that's working so good, you know, um, it's helping. And I think we're starting to see the needle turn a little bit on this. Yeah. Now a word from one of the POCUA's proud business partners, OfficerPrivacy.com. OfficerPrivacy.com was founded by Pete James, a law enforcement professional with over 25 years of experience. Pete wanted to find a way to help law enforcement officers protect themselves and their families. So he formed a team to create a way to quickly identify and remove their information from certain sites. OfficerPrivacy.com is the result. This service is already offered through a select few of our POCUA organizations. As a listener of Public Safety Talk Radio, you can take advantage of a special offer from OfficerPrivacy.com. 
go to officerprivacy.com slash P-O-C-U-A, and when you sign up, you'll get two additional bonuses. In addition to removing your personal information from the top 30 people search sites, they will give you your first two months of monitoring free. This is a value of $39.98. In addition to that, you'll receive a cell phone privacy device, a $19.99 value. This prevents data from leaving your cell phone when you use public charging stations and is a must when traveling. So go to officerprivacy.com slash P-O-C-U-A today to take advantage of this offer and to protect your privacy. Organizations who are members of the POCUA and are interested in offering the service directly to their members, contact us at POCUA at btcinc.org. Yeah, great, great answer and great segue to one of my last questions as we begin to wrap up here, Doc. We haven't gone two hours yet, Ken. (laughs) Well, you got a whole move going on over there. I hear you're 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 moving a thousand miles away or something like that, nine (laughs) hundred. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I know that there's, and and I'm I'm so enjoying talking to you because this is such a deep. Um, and broad subject, frankly. But yeah, if there was you know, a number one tip, you know, if a if an individual firefighter, police officer, whoever it is, is you know, in chaos, you know, in obvious stress and in work life imbalance, you know, is there a number one tip? Is there something that you would give to her or him to say, you know what? Why don't you at least try this? You know, it's not a silver bullet, but if you do this, this number one tip, this will at least help you immediately and a little bit in the short term. Wow. I don't, there, there's not a magic bullet. Yeah. Um, and if, if things are completely out of control, if the barn's burning, um, seek out a culturally competent therapist or coach. Mm-hmm. That would be a that would be a good tip, and I mean culturally competent. You know, is truly um, what you're experiencing, what you've gone through, going through, and have gone through. If a coach or a therapist is not aware or used to treating firefighters or law enforcement, um, you'll put them in tears, literally. Mm-hmm. So seek out someone that knows how to work with this. Um, that's a big thing. If the barn's not burning. Get more edu- get educated on this stuff. You know it. Uh, you know I. I don't. Here's a shameless plug, right? I mean, I have online courses yeah. that you know. You know, I have live workshops where I love doing, right? But mm-hmm. I've taken a live workshop and turned it into individual courses. It's because it's really just if it, you know that pause, just pause in life to say, how are things going in my life, my current reality, and all the roles you do work Mm -hmm. family health all different types of health how do i want things to be and how can i get there and that's really and and i encourage people to you're not going to go from zero to 100 on this you know but you know what what could you do today what one thing could you do today to make things better yeah and and it could just be that phone call back to your spouse during the day Mm-hmm. or a text or a text to your kids or you have kids in college you know just put them you know say something kind to them get them you know 
at the end, at the evening, you know, send them a text that, or if you're on shift, right. Or you're running the, you're, you're running the graveyard shift as law enforcement, you know, texting your kids, even if they're young, you know, when they're three years old, they get their first phone. So, <laughs> uh, I, th- I thought I thought the phone came, you know, as soon as they popped out of the womb. But today, I understand but... that's part of your healthcare <laughs> education. You're starting to do right. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, you know, you you're leaving the hospital. You need a a baby seat and this starter cell phone. So, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but that that positive, going back to that positive psychology, right? Mm-hmm. That 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 kind, loving, just little text message. Hey, thinking of you, hopefully you yeah, had a great, you know, e- early evening. I hope you get a good night's sleep. I'll see you in the morning. You know, just that little type stuff. Those things really go a long way because mm-hmm. we know how it is. If, you know, when we're on the job and quite frankly, any job, but it's, it's so heightened for law, for, for first responders. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a different element you know i can i can screw up a workshop and i can recover Mm -hmm. if i'm a first responder and i screw up i may not be recovering right you know so but even so for me to be on my a game i want things to be really good back at home Mm -hmm. you know or i i don't want that horrible um preventable disease to pop up because i haven't been taking care of myself Mm -hmm. you know or you know and the other thing is, if, if someone is, you know, that you mentioned, like, if they're anxious, and they're sort of, you know, what do I do now? I guess now that I'm thinking about this answer for you, since we didn't script anything. <laughs> I remember sending you the question just for the audience. It's right here. <laughs> you know, go get a good workout, force yourself to go do yeah. it. I don't care what it is. Go get some exercise because we know we will think more clearly and we'll be more calm and we'll make better decisions after a 45 minute workout. Yeah. Yeah. All great advice in the, uh, I, I loved it all, but one thing that I really picked up on, which I think is perfect advice is to ask yourself the question, how do you want things to be and how do I get there? Yeah. I know from, my own personal struggles, as well as some work with other folks that sometimes just asking the question, it, it, it changes your, your mindset into let's, let's not be upset about how things are. How do you want it to be? Mm-hmm. And how do you get there? Yeah, it's as a side note, I heard of a particular organization that does an awesome job of helping people quit smoking. And part of that is at the beginning is they have them take a puff out of their cigarette, (laughs) of their cigarette, and they ask them, well, how does it taste? How do you feel? And many times by asking that question, they think, you know, this actually really does taste like crap. What am I doing? (laughs) But, But the act of asking and beginning to answer the question gets you into a problem solving mode in your mind rather than a, you know, I'm in the middle of a bunch of crap type of mode in your mind. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll share, Ken, one thing is Please. that if, if, if listeners out there and they're thinking about how do I want things to be, what do I desire? What I'd highly encourage them to do is this isn't the time to think maybe in their realistic or logical manner, like, Hey, I'm in a mediocre relationship, you know, in, in the workshops. I mean, they truly 
have a difficult time desiring or even imagining mm -hmm. a, a relationship that's flourishing. You know, so you got to go through, you know, and I, you go through some exercises to be able to get there. But I encourage people is don't, you know, just try to put your maybe quote logical thoughts aside and just what do you desire? Even though you don't think you can get there, what do you desire? Mm -hmm. If you haven't exercised in five years, you can still desire to have to be fit, you know, and, 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 and tactical ready, you know, for that tough job that you're doing. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and the other thing is just, I help, you know, I encourage people, you know, be kind to yourself, you know, let, you know, we, you know, love ourselves, you know, be kind to ourselves. You know, we li generally live in an all or nothing culture, you know, I'm all mm -hmm. in hundred percent, got to be perfect. Or I say, screw it. You know, and it's like, <laughs> you know, we can reframe the way we look at some things. Cause I, I'll, I'll share one last story on this yeah, please. where I'm talking about all or nothing cultures that I had a firefighter. He goes, well, he goes, I'm big into trend lines. And he goes, after your workshop, I decided I was going to uh, exercise three times a week. He goes, Hey doc, he goes, man, first week I did three times. Second week, I only did twice. And the third week I got busier and I met and I met and I went, and I said, you mean you shifted your priorities? Okay. <laughs> yeah. He goes, I only did one. He goes, fourth week came around. I said, three, two, one. I said, screw it. You know, all or nothing. <laughs> and I go, man, I, I, I see what you mean. I go, but maybe we could reframe the way you're looking at that data. Yeah. I go, you saw three, two, one and said, screw it. I see three, two, one. That's six times you exercised in a three week period. Yeah. What'd you do the previous three weeks? He goes zero. Yeah. Like, wow. Look at that. Look at that growth. Zero to six. I go. So the you know of course the point is, let's be kind to ourselves. Let's look for some incremental improvements. Let's mm. not look for perfection. Yeah. Yeah. yeah as uh, I try to tell myself, just because we screwed up yesterday, we don't have to screw up today. It's a whole new day. That is absolutely <laughs> true. That is so true. Yeah. <laughs> So I I literally could talk to you for that uh, jokingly two hours that you mentioned that we would be here, um, but uh, I do want to wrap it up, let you do something uh, just as important as talking to me. Uh, but the last question I have for you is how can our audience find you out there? They want you to come in and do a session. They want to go to your uh, online classes or they just simply want to buy your book and get a piece of 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 your knowledge and wisdom how can people find a dr donnie hutchinson out there well you know if you google that you should find me it, it yeah. should be there but uh my website is donnie so it's ie in, as in donnie mm -hmm. and uh but yeah if you or i mean that you find everything there truly is on the website but i'd also be happy to connect with folks on linkedin twitter Instagram, you know, all kinds of different things. MySpace, yeah. Yeah, do all the social media <laughs> stuff. But uh, yeah, and and the other thing is I throw out there for folks, if there's anyone out there and if you're struggling and you, you need someone to talk to, you know, give me a call. I'd be happy to talk, you know, talk to you. Uh, if I'm not the resource, I will help you find a resource. Yeah, we're all in this together and we all can help each other. And that's the whole goal. You know, I don't, I don't want to see anyone, um, life spiral out of control. 
you know, let's get a handle on it. And through the self-care and, and prioritizing some family, boy, does that really shore up things for our tough careers that, that they're out there doing. So I appreciate you asking me that, but yeah, the website, DonnieHutchinson.com would be a great place to start. Awesome. Yeah. And I could, I could tell my audience that Dr. Donnie is very easy to find. I found him and I was very, very pleased that he was willing to come on this show. Great conversation and great insight. Thank you so much, Dr. Donnie. Oh, absolutely, Ken. I appreciate it. And I enjoyed it. Great meeting you. Awesome. Great meeting you too. And thank you to all of you who have either watched or listened to this episode of Public Safety Talk Radio. And we'll be back with you next week with another great guest. Public Safety Talk Radio is produced by the POCUA. POCUA is a consortium of financial institutions serving law enforcement as well as other first responders and public safety professionals. To learn more about our association and to find one of our credit needs or service providers near you, go to www.policecreditunions.com. And always remember, if you aren't working with one of our POCUA credit unions, you're just banking with an institution that just so happens to serve first responders. As a public safety professional, you and your family deserve better. Find a POCUA credit union today. Thank you.